0: The last time I was up here, I had a broken leg. Uh, We just returned from Belfast, and uh, you know, technology is a wonderful thing. We were able to get some drone footage of where the fateful day happened uh, on this place called Torhead. So I want to show you some pictures first of Torhead. See the tallest part in the front? That's Torhead. Very top. Keep going. Yeah, that rugged mountainous, you know, right there is where we hiked. That's the beginning of the hike. It was very muddy, wet and everything. And then when we were at the top, a storm hit us, and dear Cody Wadsworth said, "Go for it!" And so we have drone footage of you know. I think I'm first. You'll get to see how I broke my leg, and then I'm immediately followed by Dale, my husband, Pastor Barry, Cody, and then the grand finale is Jack coming in at the. So uh, we're gonna let you see what happened that day on tour head, on this video. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> Yeah, there's the rest of it. <clears throat> there's Jack. <laughs> yeah, that was so fun. You need, who wants to go to Belfast and hang out with Cody after that? Yay, it was awesome. So, And all you people with the gift of mercy, I'm sorry, I've just traumatized you. You're feeling really bad, but I don't care who you are. That's just funny right there, so... <clears throat> you know, uh, I'm Beth Helton, and I'm the kids pastor, so I'm usually back there, but I want to tell you a little bit about my husband, Dale, and me. Uh, we got married, and I'm going to say I married a Bubba, all right? Uh, now, I'm thankful to say that in Decatur, Texas, because you guys know what Bubba is. In fact, half of you guys are Bubbas, Right? <laughs> And and that's not a slanderous thing toward my husband. In fact, he refers to himself as a Bubba. He started a Twitter account and gave himself the name at Her Bubba Dale, meaning my, her, Bubba Dale. I thought it was classic when he did that. But uh, when we got married, let's just say for my Bubba Dale, uh, gentleness and nurturing, uh, all that stuff just did not come easy for him. You know, I would come home for work. I'm like, oh, wow, what a day. And I would tell him something from work, and he'd listen, and he'd go, what time is supper? You know, and I'm like, okay. So I've been to the marriage seminars, right? So communication is key. You gotta communicate your needs. And so I'm like, Dale, this is what I need from you. I need you to nurture me. I need you to be gentle with me sometimes. So if I come home someday and say, Hey, I had a tough day at work. I said, you don't have to fix me. You don't have to come. Just listen. Just listen to me. Let me get it all out. And when I'm done, just go, come here and give me a hug. Then you can let me go and you can say, what time is supper? But I need that hug. I need some nurturing. I need some loving, you know, and so I'm I'm trying to communicate. And so you can imagine my delight to kind of wake up in the middle of the night one, one night and... My husband is patting me. He's like hugging me. He's like, You're okay. I love you. I love you. And you know, I'm like trying to wake up. I'm like, oh my goodness, what's happened? I, I realize I'm crying. And I was like, I must be having a bad dream. And I woke up my Baba and he is doing what I'm asking him to do. I have finally gotten him trained. Right? <laughs> like he is loving me. You're okay. I love you. I love you. And I was like, Oh, this is wonderful. And so I kind of just spooned right back into him, and I just fell asleep in the most blissful sleep, you know. And I woke up the next morning to say thank you for hugging me and everything because, you know, you want to reinforce that good behavior, right? And so... uh he had gone to work early, so I, I couldn't say anything. So I get ready for work, and I go in. I go bebopping into my office, and my assistant's there. She's like, why aren't you so happy today? And I'm like, I have to tell you about Bubba Dale. And I started telling her the story of what he did. And ladies, you can only guess the sound she made. Oh, <laughs> that. oh real, so sweet. And I'm talking, and I look at my watch. Oh, I'm going to be late to my next meeting. So I go run across the next building. And I go walking in, and people are like, why are you so happy today? And I'm like, am I always a big grump or something? I don't know. But I was like, well, let me tell you about Dale. And so I started telling everything Dale had done that night, and all the women did what? Ah, yes, just like that. All the men are like, oh, Helton, you're making us look bad, you know? Um, By the end of the day, he could have won husband of the year. I will never forget that day. I mean, it was like... One of the best days of my life, just, I've kind of just floated along, like, oh, he's loving, he's nurturing me, and everybody's, you know, all the women all day long, oh, and all the men, oh, whatever. Uh, so anyway, we get home, we do what you do, you know, you have supper, do the homework, get the kids in bed, and we're finally back in our bedroom, and I'm still just like, oh. So I remember looking at him across the bedroom, and my heart is just a pitter-patter, looking at that stud muffin of a man that I married, you know? Uh, <laughs> And I'm just in this blissful world looking at him and he catches me looking at him and he goes, oh, I'm sorry, last night. And I'm like, what did you, what? Like that, just looking at him, he goes, I'm sorry I punched you in the face last night. My heart stopped that little pitter-patter thing <laughs> real quick. I said, what did you say? He said, I don't know. I guess I was having a bad dream or something. I punched you in the face. You started crying, so I had to pat you to try to get you to shut up. <laughs> you know, Dale and I have a deal because I do public speaking. And if, he, if something happens in our marriage, I have to get his permission to use the story That night, on the spot, I said, this one's mine. I am using this story. I don't care. You know, and I've I've told it for years. I've always invited him to come defend himself, and he's never been in the room, but today he is. So (laughs) if you'd like a rebuttal, you can talk to my husband. But oh, man, how many of you know I believed a lie? I believed a lie. Everything I did that day was based on a lie. <laughs> Think about it. It was a lie. Everything I did, fact affected my emotions. It affected how I talked to people that day, all based on a lie. You know, what if the lie I believed was, if you let anyone get close to you, they'll hurt you. How would you like to be my best friend or married to me? if that was a deep lie that I believed? Or what about, you can't trust men? Man, people be lining up to marry me. You know, I'm just saying, here's the reality. We have an enemy. We have an enemy. Satan, the devil, whatever, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, we have an enemy. And his sole purpose is in John 10, 10. It says, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy us. And here a lot of people think, well, if I just ignore the devil, you just stay over there, you be bad all over there, but I'm going to live over here in my good little bubble and he'll leave me alone. You know, that's not the way it works. We don't get to just ignore the enemy because I guarantee you may be ignoring him. His still purpose in your life is to destroy everything about your life. He's never going to let up. And do you know when he started attacking you? The second your feet hit this planet that's when he started. We have an enemy. We can't ignore him because let me tell you, the number one weapon of our enemy is a lie. His number one weapon of our enemy is a lie. John 8, 44 says, he is a liar and the father of lies. If he's talking, he's lying. And I love teaching on this. There's so much more, but let me just tell you, he lies to us three different directions. First and foremost, he lies to us about who we are. He lies about ourselves. He wants to convince us that we are not enough, that there's something deeply wrong with us, that we just don't matter. He, he lies about ourselves. He also lies about other people. He tries to convince us that people are our enemy, that you've got to protect yourself, keep your walls up. You hurt me once, you're, you may, but you're not gonna hurt me again. I gotta build this fortress around me to protect myself from all these evil people. People are not evil. The devil is evil. He's evil. You know, people are not our problem. But he lies to us about people. He lies to us also. About, he just gets us. His. He tries to get us to not trust God, our Father. God, he, he just gets us to doubt everything about that. Uh, the one There's so much you can say and so many targets, like there's four different ways he'll target and attack us, but we can't get into that today, but we're gonna talk about the primary thing about how he lies to us, how he lies to us. And when I got asked to speak, I immediately knew I was gonna talk about this in one specific area, and that is the word comparison. He uses comparison all the time. Some people think this is in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. Teddy Roosevelt said this, comparison is the thief of joy. But that is a true statement. Comparison is the thief of joy. He gets us to look at other people, other situations, and to think that uh, we're we're just not enough. We don't have what they have. Something's wrong with me. You know, and comparison has been around from the beginning of creation. In the book of Genesis chapter 3, Uh, Starting in verse 1, it says, The serpent, who's the serpent? Satan. It says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all. Uh, All the animals that the Lord God had made. One day, he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Verse 6, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. In other words, she thought God had something. She was comparing her world to what she perceived, God's world. He knows all wisdom, and she wanted that. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some of it to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. And creation's been kind of lost ever since Jesus showed up on the scene. But it just so you know, in the New Testament, there was comparison there too. What did the disciples argue about? Who's the greatest? Which one of us is the greatest? I'm better than him. You know, comparison is always be around. And here's the deal. Comparison hits from every single angle. We have to measure up. You know, even silly things like we, we just came into spring. Well, and then we went back to winter this week. Uh, but we're in spring for a little while and you know, it's time to get out the lawn more. but there's a time there when you're like, that lawn doesn't look so bad. My yard's kind of okay. But then you have this sorry neighbor that decides to go out there and mow. And once you have that one neighbor that mows, what does everybody else have to do? We all have to mow because old Fred over there decided to mow his yard. Because we're always comparing. We're comparing and we're looking at other people. You know, I'll just tell you, there's an app uh, that is from the devil. I'm telling you, it's called Pinterest. <laughs> Pinterest. Uh, I, man, Pinterest is from the devil. I, I have looked and it may, they make it look so easy. Everything I do on Pinterest becomes a Pinterest fail fail. It, it never works out the way they say it would. And all these projects that look so easy, you know, whatever. And I'm sure half of you are wonderful women that get on Pinterest. You can do all those things. Yay. I'm, <laughs> I want to be your friend, so you'll do my projects for me. But uh, while, while we're on the topic of apps and all that thing, I'm just that whole world of social media, that breeds nothing but comparison. I'm telling you, it breeds nothing but comparison. Recently, M- Macy had a band concert. She looked great. I'm like, let me I can only take your picture. I'm like, wait, we need something that would make a good background. And she was saying, Don't stand there. They can see our kitchen. You know, and I had dirty dishes around, you know, and then, and I'm like, okay, the stairs, that looks good behind her. So I take her picture and then I get it. And I'm like, oh, my husband had left a big red bucket by the back door. And there it was in the corner of the picture. But what do I do to get rid of that bucket? I just cropped that puppy right out of there. And so if you saw any of my pictures, man, my house looks clean, it looks good, it's everything. Because that's what we do, right? We crop the junk out. We put this image out that we got it all together. And I particularly love when people do hashtag life is good. And and you know what, you're reading those and you've just had a horrible day, right? And I'm like, my life is not good. I am hurting today. And and you feel there comes, who is right there with you when that starts happening? The enemy. He's right there. Your life is terrible. You know, look at her life. And you're like, oh, life is not good. And here's another one that I like, you know, because I recently relocated out here. Uh, It'll say, love my tribe. It'll be a, a group pictures and all that find your tribe, love my tribe. And I'm like, well, I'm happy for you. I barely know my neighbors. I don't have a tribe, you know, and they're putting all that, find your tribe, love my tribe. Well, that's just great. So if you're new to a place, how do you think you feel when you see all those? You feel the enemies right there to say, nobody likes you. You're never going to fit in, you know, and you know what? I'm going to just, my, I have a friend that calls it verbally streaking, just let it all out. You know, I, I'm going to do that with y'all, but don't you sit there and act high and mighty like you don't struggle with this too, because I know you do. I know you do. I know every person in here. I don't care how cool you are. I don't care how good your life is. The reason I know that everyone struggles with this is because everybody that claims to know Jesus has a, an enemy that hates your guts. He hates you, and he is constantly going to lie to you, and constantly going to make you feel like you just don't measure up. That you, so like it'll work may work like this. Men, you know, like here's your neighbor, and man, he's got a brand new truck. Well, you bought yours used. You know, well that's better. Or here, here's this one. Like you compare ages. Wow, he's retiring. I'm going to have to work till I'm a hundred. You know, we, we compare and we feel less than all the time. I know this is not just me. It's, it's all of us because we all have an enemy. And he wants to constantly beat us down and get us to not be confident and not do what we're called to do for the Lord. You know, here's, here's a huge lie, huge lie. Uh, you're too young to be used by God. You're just too young to be used by God. Uh, Don't even think about it. If you're not out of high school, God's not going to use you yet. You're too young. I became a youth pastor straight out of high school. And people say, how old are you? And I'd tell them, oh, yeah, well, you'll learn. You know, and I would think I'd have something to say, but you're too young, too young. And then I grew older. And then they'd say, how old are you? And I would say, "Uh, oh, this old. And they're, oh, you're a youth pastor? Uh, You're too old. I'm like, What? What? I missed that two week window when I was just the right age. One day I'm too young and suddenly now I'm too old. You know, because that's a lie to enemy. You're too old to accomplish great things for the kingdom of God. You're just too old, too young. And then we all get that two week window when we're just the perfect age. And most of us go, what? Where, what? Oh man, missed it. You know, but it's, it's a lie because see, it's not about how young you are or how old you are. It's about what you're called to do, which has nothing to do with your age. It has everything to do with what God's gifted you to do and called you to do, and just start doing it. Uh, but here's, there's just so many things I could say about, you, you just don't fit in. You just, you're not enough. You know, I know th- there's all kinds of personality tests and spiritual gifts tests. I just hate those things with a passion, because they might as well put mine on the top, you're just a jerk, that's kind of how I feel after I take them. You know, uh, my friends. You know, I'm like what'd you get on the strengths finders? That's that's one of my favorites right there. Uh, strength favorites. You get these top five, and people are like I'm a woo, I'm a woo, which means they're the life of the party. Yeah, I'm a woo. I'm like good for you. And then I sure I did, you didn't want to take. I would say I have command, and they're like ooh. Everybody in the room just moves away from you. It means you're bossy. <laughs> And you're a jerk is how I, I foresee it. But I take those tests and I'm like, oh, God, why? On the spiritual guest test, why? Why can't I just score a two in mercy? Just a two. You know, other people, I have the gift of mercy. I'm like, please, exhortation, mercy, hospitality, anything. No. I get like evangelism and leadership and prophecy, all these. I'm like, oh. So I usually hide the results when we take tests. And I'm like, I'd pick the nicest person in the room. Let Susie go. Let her share her results. Everybody goes, "Oh, good, Susie. You're so sweet. you're so sweet. Yay, Susie. What did you get, Beth? Oh, we time's out. Don't have time." You know, in a a church where I used to work, we would teach classes about uh, mother-father wounds, and they would teach, you know, how a man is wired up, and he's a leader, and he's all this, and how a woman, she's wired up, and and all this stuff, and they would do all these traits, and, uh, you know, on the slide, I would say, it's official, I'm a man. (laughs) I had gender confusion before it was cool. I can relate to all those things, you know, I just, but here, here's the deal with it now. Like, I'm fine with who I am. God wired me up a certain way. I'm through apologizing that I can speak. I'm through. Uh, I, I can't. And I'm through apologizing that maybe I'm a leader. God just wired me up this way. He did. And there were years I felt like I had the wrong gifts and the wrong gender and the wrong, everything about me was wrong. And I had to play small all the time. You know, I don't want to do that. It's a lie from the enemy. You know, and people will tell you their lies. Like you may say, oh, Beth, I'd love to get up there on the stage sometime, but I'm just shy. I'm just shy. My mama was shy. My grandmama was shy. We're just all shy. You know, okay, that's a lie from the enemy. What if you have something really powerful to say and the enemy stole your voice at a young age by some bad experience you may have had with a teacher or something when you tried to speak and maybe got shamed a little bit? It's a lie. You're not shy. You probably have something to say. Listen to what comes out of your own mouth. See, I can hang around. I hear it all the time now. You don't want to hang out with me because I'm filtering all the time. I, I want to say, that's a lie. That's like, you're believing a lie. What you just said right there, that's a lie. You know, um, because we all say it. You know, the reality is you may hear me say, I'm Dale, so I would never have to do math again because he does all the math in my family. You know, and I say, I don't do math. The reality is I've managed for five years as an executive pastor, a $1.2 million budget and kept us in the black all five years. I do math. I'm just smart enough to know that I hate algebra. Yuck. And all you people are like, I love algebra. Well, yay. Yay. I celebrate you. I, I don't, you know, but it's, it's lies that we say. You know, the enemy wants us to believe that we just don't fit in. We don't fit in. And here's something else. I can say, I'm through apologizing, all that stuff. It never ends. The struggle never ends. The enemy never lets up. I'm thrilled that my daughter tried out for a freshman cheer, and she made it. Yay, yay. I'm I'm thrilled. But by default, that makes me a cheer mom. Oh, my word. And we're already on group text. Group texts are also from hell. I'll just say. Group group texts. No, just say no to those. So, you feel my pain, don't you? You know, I've got all these women and they're going to camp and we got to do a gift basket. All right. And all these ladies, they're Pinteresting all day long, I think, because they're like, I just made these cute little bows and they'll put those on and everybody has to chime in. Precious, precious, precious. You know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, just tell me what to buy. Just tell me what to buy. I'm not making a thing. I'm going to do snacks or whatever. I'm not going to do it. But, you know, it's so easy to feel less than when all that's happening. I don't easily fit in that world, but I'm in that world, right? And I'm proud of my daughter, so I'm a cheer mom. Yes, I'm going to go for it. You know, And being a cheer mom reminded me, I was on this national youth committee, and we had a meeting in San Diego. At the time, I'm living in Florida, and in Florida, you got to pick a school, and I picked on a, a, I really did a deep decision. I picked, you got to pick between Florida State and Florida University. I picked Florida University because their colors are prettier. They have prettier (laughs) colors. Those colors go with my hair really well, that royal blue, like Decatur blue. Yes. So I picked the University of Florida, and I became a fan. And this year that we were there, was about 10 years ago, we're going to play in the national championship. And I've got to go to this meeting and I'm like, hey, what time are we meeting on Monday? I think it was. And they're like, oh, we're going to watch the game. I'm like, okay, then I don't have to cancel my flight because I need to watch this game. Once again, my favorite TV show in the spring is March Madness. That's the basketball for all the people are like, what is March Madness? It, it's the basketball playoffs, but I also like the football playoffs. I'm the one in the family that screams at the TV and scares the dog Watch, <laughs> watching all the games. That would be me. So I wanted to see Tim Tebow. He was a senior, and we're playing the evil empire. Oh, you. Ugh. I went to Oklahoma State, by the way, OSU, but we're playing. It's Florida versus OU. I want to watch the game. And they've assured us we're going to watch the game. Well, we're having a dinner at somebody's house, and man, the game's about ready to start. And there was a few women there. The men outnumbered us, and so I'm like, ooh, I'm going to get a good seat by the TV. going to watch this game. And here came a group of ladies. They're like, Beth, Beth, fill your plate. Get your food, baby. And we're going to go back here in the room. All the girls are going to talk while the men watch the game. Okay, I'll be there in a little bit. You know, and I was trying to, I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to do girl talk. I want to watch this football game. I want to, I want to, I want to do my gator chomp. You know, I want, to, I want to watch. I want to watch this game. And so I kind of stalled, and here came two, two more ladies like, Beth, come on, you're missing all the fun. No, we don't want to stay in here and watch that game. Come in here with the girls. Come in here with all the ladies. Okay, and and my friend, who's a youth pastor, at, um, anyway, I won't name it. But anyway, he's really well known. He saw this exchange, and they go out. He starts laughing. He's like, you don't want to go have girl talk, do you? And I went, no. He goes, you want to watch the game? I'm like, yes. Yes, I've waited all day for this game. And he goes, you are not doing girl talk, girlfriend. You are going to watch the game with me and hang out with all the fellas, and I will handle all the women if they come in and try to get you out of the room. And he goes, you come on. He put his arm around me and took me into the game. And I got to chomp all day long, and we won. Yay. So, but you know, it's times like that when it's easy to feel like, I just don't fit in. You know, I just don't fit in. Uh, so I'm just wondering what's in your heart today. What's in your mind? How is the enemy stealing joy from you? Is it your house isn't big enough? Your car isn't good enough? Your kids aren't well-behaved enough? Uh, you don't have enough in your bank account? What, I'm, I guarantee the enemy is lying to you about something. He's lying to you about something. So what is it? What's, what's in there? The, the strongest person in here, I don't care how cool you look. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care. Everyone in here gets attacked. Everyone, everyone, just some of us are maybe brave enough to admit it. But it's time that the church that we pulled off our mask and just got real. you know, because we may have it's, just, <laughs> it's funny because like we may fight all the way here, but we get to church like, we're getting our picture made. It's Mother's Day get over there, you know, and like, everybody smile, and so you like, <laughs> then you get in the car, and go back at it, you know, we try to hide the, the bad stuff in life, I can't tell you the last time I posted on social media, man, I had the best fight with Dale today, it was a doozy, God, we went after it, and guess what, I won, ladies, I won, you know, No, we just post those perfect pictures and say, life is good, find your tribe, whatever it is, you know. I I just want to take off our mask and really, really ask the Holy Spirit, am I believing some lies? Do I not have the joy and the freedom that you want me to walk in because I've believed lies? It starts so young, those lies. You know, and it was kind of in me entering that very process. I'd been in ministry full time for 25 years and successful ministry. I was not at the end of my rope, I was not struggling. I was just like, God, I want everything you have for me. And I kind of heard like, well, have you ever, you know, looked at your past and looked at uh, how your family, how they raised you and how that affected you? And have you asked the Holy Spirit to highlight lies you believed? And have you looked at painful things from your childhood? And, you know, you want to answer with the, well, that's all covered by the blood. You know, that's all in the past. But you know what? It still affects you today. It still affects you today. And so I entered in that process, and God began to just reveal such deep truth and also show me lies, I believe. And that's also when I stopped apologizing. Okay, I guess you didn't wire me up incorrectly. I guess you gave me the gifts you wanted me to have. But the only way to fight the enemy is you fight the enemy with truth. You fight the enemy with truth, and you have to replace his lies with truth. You have to replace his lies with truth. And when you're becoming who God created and redeemed you to be, it's so important that you know who you are. Uh, getting ready for this, I just Googled who I am in Christ. You know, I had lists. I just wanted to see if there were more lists out there, if there would be, you know, if I told you, go home and Google who I am with Christ in case you're struggling. Oh my goodness, there's some of the coolest stuff on the internet about that. I spent about an hour. It's not easy for me to get distracted. I was like, squirrel? Ooh, look at all this stuff. You know, my identity in Jesus, it's so cool. You start reading, I'm a child of God. I'm delighted in, I'm forgiven, washed clean. I'm free. I'm never alone. I'm a masterpiece and I am wonderfully made. That's good stuff right there. You don't, you don't feel depressed when you begin to discover who you are. And if you have to put stuff on your mirror in the morning, just say who God's created you to be. Quote scripture. Pull those lists up. I printed a whole bunch off. I mean, I got so distracted. You know, there's one ABCs of I Am Statement. That was a doozy. That was so good. So get online and pull up some of those lists. But beyond just confessing things, we have to hear with our own ears. God wants to talk to us. And that's when it goes so deeper is when God speaks to you and it goes to your very spirit and begins to set you free. I I was right in this journey and, you know, everyone knows that we have a daughter. Most people know that Macy's my daughter. She's the one you see on social media. And I'll just, let me back up a little bit. Mother's Day was always hard for me. It was hard for me because I worked at a church. I had to come every Mother's Day And I'm like, oh, it's Mother's Day. Because, you know, I wasn't even married. I got married older. I wanted to be a mother, but I needed to get married first. So I wasn't married. So then I had to go to to Mother's Day. And then I was married, but I didn't have children. And then we eventually adopted uh, two boys out of the foster care system. They were almost seven. And, uh, you know, so... That was my life, and I didn't like Mother's Day uh, services. I don't, we used to do some really silly things, like, here came all the flowers out, got to give all the moms a flower. And this was really weird, like, okay, the oldest mom, that's fun for women. Let's all say our age. <laughs> let's, all, let's all say our age. So oldest lady in the house, you know, oh, great, you get two flowers. And then a lot of awkward moments when we say, who's the youngest mother? Oh, yeah, we had to go by- bypass that one after a while. No, it's an awkward awkward. So so uh, mother, Mother's Day was hard. So now uh, I've, we adopted these twin boys. And I, let me just tell you, from the day they entered my home, I felt like a terrible mom. Every day I felt like a terrible mom. I loved them, but I dreaded going home at night because I'm like, oh, what did they do today? What messages am I going to get? Has the school called? Has their bus driver called? What have they done in the neighborhood? You know, it was like just a little hell on earth, to be real honest. And I don't want to give anybody parenting advice or adoption advice, so please don't. If I knew what to do, I would have written the bestseller already. Uh, But so we had the boys, we'd had them about seven years and we adopted Macy, so we have a houseful. And I'm in this journey to discover who I am in Christ. And I'm listening to lies, and I'm 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 meeting with two friends, and we're just praying through some things. And it was it was really a great experience. But I have a friend seated over here, and uh, he said, "Oh, ah," uh. he goes, "Beth, I have a word for you," and. I'm like, okay. He goes, it's not anything that we're talking about, but I know this is from God. And he said, Beth, you are a good mom. And I just looked at him, and you know how truth can hit you and you've got Teflon on you? So it hits and bounces off. I'm like, thanks, thanks. And he goes, ooh, you're not hearing me like that. (laughs) He's like, uh, close your eyes and ask God if you're a good mom. And I didn't want to do that. I felt like the worst mom on the planet. I lived in my house. I was doing everything human po- humanly possible with these kids. And I was like, I'm, I'm bowing my head going, God, I know I'm not a good mom. You know, and once I shut up, you know, and actually said, God, am I a good mom? I mean, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me. He's like, you're a great mom. Beth, you have to believe you're a great mom. You love hard. You don't quit. You never give up. Other people would have given up a long time ago. You're a great mom. And I needed that word from God. I needed to know that it kept me in the fight. You know, and you you may never meet uh, my two boys. They have reconnected with their family who lost their parental rights and they're adults now and on their own. But you know what, I don't have regret because God spoke to my heart that I'm a good mom. And I have a treasure over there named Macy Jean Helton that mirrors back to me every day that I'm a good mom. And moms, maybe you don't think you're a good mom. Or maybe you didn't have a good mom. You can be a great mom. I don't know what's in your heart. So let's all close our eyes for a minute. Because I think God wants to speak some truth today. If You'll just close your eyes. You know, the greatest lie the enemy can get any of us to believe is that we don't need a savior. And maybe you're here today visiting and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. Like you saw the three people... They've surrendered. I've surrendered. Maybe you're in here you say, today I want to give my life to Jesus. If you want to make that decision, just lift up your hand so I can see it. Okay, the way you do that is just to say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I'm through trying to control my life. I want to give you control of my life. Thank you for forgiving me. Right now, I ask you to come in my heart and you be in control rather than me. Thank you for saving me. Uh, For the rest of us, ask this question. Say, Holy Spirit, will you please show me any lies I'm believing today? It could be about work. It could be about being a dad. Show me any lie I'm believing today. And as he shows you that, break your agreement with it. That is a lie. I choose to no longer believe this. Holy Spirit, will you replace that lie with your truth? Holy Spirit, show me the truth. Speak to me of, about who I am. Show me the truth. And listen to what he says.